the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress upon the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seek and ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence. The big silence. I wanted to share first with you here that we are, or I am hosting a spiritual reset in January 6th, 2023. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience at my personal home here in Austin, Texas. I'm about 25 minutes from downtown Austin in this beautiful sanctuary with all these trees and birds and just so beautiful out here up in nature in the hill country. And it's a retreat focused on mental, physical, spiritual health, small group sessions, individual sessions with my personal teachers that I've worked for with for many, many years, as you guys know, I'm always about personal development, therapy, and also my friends, my great friends that live here that are leaders in the fitness and spiritual space. So think about, imagine like starting your year off, 2023, here, and working out with top fitness trainers, yoga, strength training, motivational conversations with top business consultants to inspire you and take yourself to another level. Spiritual practices from mindfulness to meditation, breathwork, sound healing, holographic repatterning with my girl Anne from Sedona, also tarot readings, and also discover your spirit animal. And then there's also art, discovery art with my girl Rachel Brown. And we'll have B12 shops, all the thing. We got cold plunge. We got sauna. It's one full day. And you better believe it. We're going to have the healthiest food here too. So check it out at myspiritualreset.com or thebigsilence.com. All right. Christine <laughs> Olivia, my guest today. We were just talking about frolicking nude. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So much fun. Why? So freeing. And that's the way we should be. Like we get to be more natural and that's a very natural thing to be in the elements, just fully free, especially in water. There's something really special about being naked in in water, in the ocean or, you know, in a spring. Bobby, you want to go skinny dipping later? (laughs) A little cold outside right now. It's a gold plunge. Exactly. (laughs) 
All right, Bobby and I are going to frolic naked later. Yay. So, all right, Christine, (laughs) Olivia, I met you a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm, maybe? About, yeah. Yeah, we were at a friend's 4th of July party above Lake Austin, here in Austin. And we just started talking and then connected then. Number one, you mentioned your father Mm -hmm. and his suicide. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, like I want to get to know you more. And we're still getting to know each other, but I'm so happy to have you in this space here. And so Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to begin. I want to begin, actually I do. (laughs) I want to begin with you growing up. Mm. What was that story? Mm, Yeah. So me growing up, while I look at my a photo of me, basically. It's the cover of A Child of Magic, which is Mm -hmm. based off of a photo of me when I was about five years old. I had a big imagination and that was really helpful for me because I grew up in a very unhealthy, very toxic environment. My mother was a single parent. Um, She dated a lot of gangsters. So yeah, what I knew of men and, and that example that I had was really negative and the toxic masculine was really present and um, my imagination helped me to kind of just imagine more beauty for myself and take care of my mental health, my well-being, my spirit in all ways. So you could find me outside in a tree reading books. Um, Naked, obviously. (laughs) Not so much. (laughs) Yeah, I lived in a funny neighborhoods growing up for sure. I grew up um, in Reno Valley in the beginning of my childhood, which was kind of like more ghetto, like the school I went to, I remember I was a little thing. And one girl in particular, she wanted to beat me up by the end mm-hmm. of middle school. So I actually dodged that bullet because I left right after, what was that, the beginning of middle school. So halfway through, I went to Adam Marino Valley into a place called Hemet, which mm-hmm. was a lot nicer, mm-hmm. where I felt mm-hmm. like I could be myself mm-hmm. and not get beat up for... Yeah, me, because my mother, so funny, she had actually been in a fight, been in lots of fights growing up. She was a little gangster herself. So lots of fights, and I was in an interesting environment, and that just wasn't me at all. So are you first generation, second? Second generation. Second generation from, fill us in here on your heritage. My mother is Mexican-American. My grandmother from Mexico didn't speak any English at all. My grandfather was from Pennsylvania, and they actually met in Texas Mm. and fell in love. They did not speak the language fully, their languages, but they fell in love at first sight, actually. And then my father was from Guatemala, and he actually came to the States when he was about five years old. Yeah. Okay, so you're growing up as a... Child, second generation. What were your aspirations on what you want to do in life? Mm. How to come from, you've said it a couple times, your mom was a little gangster. (laughs) How did you go from gangster to goddess? Oh, I love that question. That just came out of me. That's a good one. (laughs) Yes. Ooh, how? That's a good question. I mean, I just knew I wanted something better for myself. I knew that I could do better than what I was seeing around me. I actually had this fantasy growing up. When I was growing up, I would imagine being kind of swifted, 
swept away by another family almost that could help me to raise me in a good way. I always wanted like um, another mother or stepmother and father to kind of take me away and help me to live a more comfortable life, a, a good life. I always felt like the life I was in was really hard and really scary and wrecked my nervous system, really. How did you know that your life was scary and that it wasn't the life that was meant for you? I definitely had examples. Like I had, you know, maybe second aunts or things like this. I know my grandfather would visit my family or his that side of the family in Pennsylvania often. He would tell me how beautiful it was and how many trees there were. And I always could see myself there. And I would think to myself, like, I want to go there. I want to, like, live there and be with that family. I, I knew that there was something wrong or, you know, unhealthy about the dynamic that, that I was in. It didn't feel right to see the things that I was seeing. I saw a lot of abuse in my home. And I would go on these random trips to L.A. from where we were in Riverside County with my mother and the men that she was, you know, dating and we would be driving around and it just didn't feel, it didn't feel good. And I had also seen, again, abuse in person. So that was really traumatic. I'm like, this can't be the way. And you, you know, you see things, you see the TV. I definitely watched a lot of Disney, a lot of Disney, a lot of animations, a lot of movies. And so I could see there's a different way to be grown. Right. And so let's talk (laughs) about your book, A Child of Magic. Yeah. And actually, before we go in, I'm going to read a little thing that we were just talking about in my kitchen. A quote here. No longer can you deny my voice. Now is the time to align and connect. In the present moment, we can rejoice. Reach out to me. Remain open and feel my presence. I have always been here holding you, loving you, waiting for you to awaken. With your open heart, I can rejoice because my whispers were finally loud enough to shake you from your slumber. I rejoice as you come home to yourself, and I rejoice as you rise into your magic. Mm. Who was that written to? Mm. Initially, for like my inner child. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then for everyone else's. (laughs) How important is inner child work? Because Mm. I've done so much. And I talk about it a lot on the podcast, I think, because everyone I have on here like has done that inner child work, that message to the little you that you need to hear. Exactly. Yeah, it's vital and it's essential and it's never ending. Like we're always going to have that part of ourselves that we get to reparent, right? Mm -hmm. The right way, right? Our parents weren't here to be perfect. They're here to set an example so we can learn and grow from. But we're meant to parent our inner child and give them everything that they deserve and what they need. So, yeah. (laughs) Do you think, because our generation or, you know, your yeah, we're in the same generation, but we learn so much about reparenting and mm-hmm. the inner child work. Do you think, and this is, of course, like non-professional advice, <laughs> but do you think that in the future we can change that through reparenting and inner child work? Because I know I'm second generation, mm. Ukrainian, Irish, German, and no one was talking about our mental health. Mm. 
for my father coming from the Ukraine. Do you think there is a possibility to have a shift where mentally we can be happier? Because right now we're in a pandemic of depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when we do that, when we actually take that accountability and that responsibility to heart and we do that work of checking in with our inner child on the daily really is what is essential in the beginning at least, then we can start to support our health on every level, body, mind, and soul. It's all connected. So, you know, when we don't do that work, our inner child runs amok in the world and calls the shots. So when we support that inner child, give them what they need and listen to them and see how they're feeling, really checking in on where they're at, then everything else will kind of like fall in line and be a little bit easier, right? Yeah. And your definition of inner child? My definition is it's that part of you that is maybe five years old or so. And I mean, all of those aspects of yourself from every age on. But the inner child, I guess you could say, is yeah, around two to 10 right. or two to 12, right? Because then you have the inner teenager after that, no. right? Which is a whole other She's thing. She's a whole rebellious <laughs> bitch. <Exactly. laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to talk about your father. Yeah. How is your relationship with your father? So my father, he left when I was about three and then came back when I was about 13. I remember I was in middle school and we got a call and, you know, the, I don't know, one of the teachers brought me to see my mother. My mother's like, your father's is at your uncle's house. This is very interesting. I'm like, okay, he's here. And she's like, he's here. I'm like, okay, let's go and see him. And so we went and we got to connect with him and see him and he introduced me to his new partner and shared with me that I had a half-sister. And then he kind of just fell away again, came back and forth until I was about 18 years old. I was dealing with depression the whole time and he had tried to or attempted suicide a few times in between that. And then my half-sister actually found me when I was I was about 21 because when he took his life, it was the same month that I turned 22. So a month before that, my half-sister finds me on Facebook and she's like, let's connect, but let's not connect with our father. Let's do it just between you and I. Like They weren't doing well. I didn't know why at the time. I actually just found out about that recently, what was really going on, which was really heartbreaking. And then, so I didn't have the chance to connect with him, which was honestly a blessing in the end. The next month he takes his life. How did that feel for you? For Because there are many listeners who have lost parents by yeah. suicide. Did you understand? Because that was over a decade ago yeah. when no one was talking about suicide or mental health. Yeah, I was... Just completely shocked and devastated, and it was incredibly traumatic. It was really hard to even know how to grieve. And the way my mother had brought it to me was just very matter of fact, like your dad's dead. He didn't sit me down or like really, you know, comfort me. And and she actually apologized about that later on and felt really bad that she wasn't able to kind of be there for me. So I just went into like shock, and then left the room and 
I remember driving to work at that time, just was bawling my eyes out, just like, I'm just so sad. I felt like I had lost an opportunity. And what for me, what it was is I felt like I lost a chance to save him. And I think a lot of listeners mm-hmm. can. So what is that moving through that? Yeah. What does that look like? Mm. What did it look like? For me in my 20s, it looked like a lot of numbing. Mm-hmm. Um unable to grieve and have a space to grieve or be held by others. I felt like I had to kind of lock it all up and I didn't like looking weak or vulnerable. Also, those emotions were just too big to to feel for me. Didn't feel safe. So I chose to numb, whether that was like with food or alcohol or being busy with work or going out and socializing. I just was doing a lot, just doing, doing, doing in my 20s. And then that was not serving me. And I just knew that things could be different. I found yoga and yoga really helped me to see if there's another way to feel and be. And it was the first time I really felt anything like spiritual happen. I definitely didn't have those words for it. I was just like, this feels like peace or something really good. Mm-hmm. And I want more of this. And I remember I, I the first, maybe it was the first or second class. I'm like, I'm going to manifest yoga teacher training and I'm going to be a teacher, be a yoga teacher. And that led me to Bali, which then brought cacao to me. So while I was mm-hmm. in that yoga teacher training, I was introduced to the cacao. cacao now. <laughs> yep, cacao. And it was Mayan cacao from Guatemala. And I went, hey, I'm Guatemalan. My father was from Guatemala. This is my ancestral plant. And I knew it was I was meant to work with it, to heal my heart, to help me on my journey. And then I also knew at the same time that I was meant to share it with the world. I'm like, not enough people know about this and everyone gets to know about it. So when <laughs> Bobby here, who's our our tech guy today, because Emily's out, <laughs> he's over here. He's like, cacao, is she going to make, is Christine going to make us hot yes. chocolate? <laughs> Can you explain more, like how it's not hot chocolate? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. what is it that we're sipping? And Bobby is yeah. so loving over there. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> so we can make our cacaos taste like anything. It can taste like hot chocolate. But when we have cacao and you're having it now mm-hmm. in its pure form, it's retaining all of those health benefits, all the living enzymes, all of the vitamins and the nutrients and the antioxidants that make it a superfood as well as a spiritual aid. It's been used for thousands of years by my ancestors, the Mayans, the Aztecs, and even the Olmecs before them. Yeah, it's a powerhouse of so many beautiful properties. And so you know, on a physical level, you'll just feel really good. You can feel euphoric. People call it an aphrodisiac. It really helps you to feel more open. They call it heart medicine because you can feel yourself, your heart budding open when you sit with it in ceremony and give yourself the time to really feel into your body. But if you, even if you drink it and you want to work on your creations and writing, it'll help you to feel really focused and help with your creativity. I channeled with the cacao, but with writing my book, I sat in ceremony every time and it really helped me to channel like Pachamama and the spirit of cacao herself. Yeah. So <laughs> in your bio, you say you're a cacao ceremonialist. Yeah. Like what is, what is a full cacao ceremony? 
So you can look different every time. I've created something called the Matiosh method. Mm-hmm. Matiosh means thank you in Mayan. So it's a gratitude method. And what that looks like is we drink Mayan cacao. We meditate. We journey with the plant, see what comes up. And then we go into movement so that we can move through, release, let go cacao hops to facilitate release through through those feelings, through giggles sometimes or sweat or anything can come through tears sometimes and that helps us to make space and then from there come into the expression and the embodiment of gratitude so it's a celebration it's an opportunity to grieve to feel gratitude to play to pray it's really special yeah i love that (laughs) i'm gonna talk to you after this because i have something i want i would love to have a cacao ceremony ceremony at Okay. So also with you, what? how did you get into the space of creating a life of embodied service as a fully liberated woman? What does that mean? Hmm. What does that mean to me? Yeah. That means lots of shedding, lots of letting go, lots of deprogramming what we've been taught around being fully in our body, being in pleasure, showing up as in our truth and how we feel and making space for all of that. Cacao has definitely been helpful in that by opening me up, by allowing me to feel into my truth, into my magic. And yeah, so for me, it's like, yeah, shedding, making space and then coming into my essence and the truth of who I am. I think at our essence, we're all magical and whatever is coming through is for us. So if there's the shadow side, if we want to be in the dark feminine, that there's medicine in that, but also there's so much light and so much play. And I really think play is my route to mm-hmm. ascension, I would say. Like I'm a really playful soul. I, I like to drink cacao and dance and frolic. And I like to read sweet books or write poetry or write books, right? I like to be really tapped into my inner child magic. So I'm going to go back to, <laughs> I believe it was, what, is it, what did I, what that term, gangsta? To goddess. To goddess. That's got to be your new face. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you for that. I really appreciate <laughs> What are your three top tips to go mm. gangsta to goddess? Mm. Oh, I love this. <sighs> My three tips would be definitely happen to your ancestral plant. So whether Mm -hmm. that is cacao or nettles or oat straw or lavender, chamomile, there's so many different herbs and plants that we can work with. Tap into what your ancestral plant is so that you can start to work with the essence of that plant to assist you in in feeling more deeply into your heart, whatever medicine is with that plant, right? Rose is a beautiful Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. That'll help you to connect with like unconditional love for yourself. And say that's one, two, tap into your inner child, see what's going on there. Literally, easy practice. Just put a hand on your heart and check in and just you can close your eyes and visualize your inner child and see how she's feeling, right? And ask a few times to really get to the core of like what they're really feeling. And then from there, give them something, ask them what they want because there's something that they usually need and maybe that's just a hug. And then three, go out and play. Like 
literally dance, like put on some music and allow the goddess to come through. Like maybe start with something that is a little bit more gangster, a little bit more rough and like shake it out and move through that and those emotions and then come into the embodiment of what a goddess looks like to you. So that might be different for everyone. And even the, there's goddess in the gangster too, Mm -hmm. right? Like even if there's a rage that's meant to be felt, the goddess is all of it. So play with that, like express it and then move through it and come into the embodiment of gratitude with like a really fun and playful song or sexy song or sensual song, whatever feels good for you. Like be real with where you're at right now. I like that. I think I'm going to title this podcast Gangsta to God. Yes. Well. <laughs> I even love how you say it. <laughs> so, I love it. Gangster okay. to Goddess. I'm taking it. Thank you. <laughs> All yours. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to trademark that one. <laughs> but, um, okay. So mm-hmm. now in your journey, do you have kids? I don't. No right. kids. You've talked I have a little two bit about that. angel babies, I'll mm-hmm. say. Two. Okay. I knew yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't spoken on the second one that happened around a really rough time mm-hmm. earlier this year where I also lost my grandmother. So spoke on that a bit through social media, but not on the the second loss. Yeah. So you're familiar with loss and tragedy and turning that into something triumphant. And I mean, you showed up at my house and yeah, the Pomeranians are barking and going crazy, but you could calm them. <laughs> and your aura and your energy was very is very calming. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'll just have you come over every day and call me and Bobby down. <laughs> and bring uh, cacao. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, so coming from your past and you know, your parents and everything and wanting to move into motherhood, mm-hmm. how is that feeling and the loss that you have experienced? And the passion and the love that you have for creating a child. Mm. I feel so blessed to have been pregnant both of those times. I would say even more so the first time because I honestly thought, well, a part of me thought that I couldn't get pregnant. There's a story that I I just couldn't. I don't know. I had never had a scare or anything like that. And I will say this is the first time I feel like with with my partner now, my fiancé, that I felt like this was the person I'm supposed to have a child with and a person I want to grow old with and yeah, you know, do that with. So yeah, the first time was really special. And for me, what it felt like is it was a blessing to have that energy come through and sort of almost like, it's almost like a saging or, you know, a blessing or a cleansing of my womb space. Mm -hmm. And then having cleansed all of that out. It was like some somewhat of a purge and a release. So there's a lot of beauty in it. Of course, during it, I was grieving and devastated. But afterwards, I could look at that after grieving. I can look at that process of like, wow, what a blessing. Like, I feel like there's something that just took place and she just blessed that space so that when we're ready to bring forth life into this world, we'll do so with like the most beautiful intentions. So. Yeah, it's really, truly a blessing, really. Yeah, there are a lot of women out there who have experienced loss 
and a baby, the angel babies. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to talk about it and not have shame around it. Mm-hmm. So you just sharing that here. And I know you weren't expecting me to ask that question or bring it up, but no, that's okay. I'm totally cool talking about this. It's, for me, it's actually so common too. And I, mm-hmm. so I think it's something necessary to talk about. And I really do feel it was a blessing. So I hope that can inspire others to maybe open their hearts to that opportunity or that experience yeah. of seeing it in that way. Because that's what it feels like. So it's just, it's made space for me. And now I can be even more intentional when we want to have one. Because now there's so many other things we're birthing that we need more time and we desire more time. So we're being a lot more careful and intentional. <laughs> Speaking of that, what are you birthing? I mean, I know a little bit, but you're moving back to LA. Yeah. Yep. We'll leave in Austin. So many things. We're working on, me and my partner, Cyrus, my beloved fiance, we're working on a nonfiction book. It's on gratitude and going to be giving beautiful mind practices that, you know, will be kind of a bridge to the indigenous practices into the mainstream, make it a lot more accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. We're also working on a children's book. Well, actually, that's already done. So we're just sitting with that. And that's like part of like the cells with the nonfiction book. It kind of goes with a lot of things. There's a deck in the works. There's so many things. That's really fun. There's also a script that I've been working on personally for many years. And my beloved is supporting me with that. He's an incredible writer. So it's really helpful to have him. And that's exciting. We're working with someone to really make it just perfect. Just, yeah, very helpful with that. Yeah. And that should be done soon too. So very exciting things in the works. I look at you and again, (laughs) your energy and everything's so calming. And (laughs) what was the first step of you? I'm going to keep using my first gangster to goddess (laughs) because I love it. But to be growing up in that Mm. atmosphere to then be like, I deserve mm-hmm. something better. I'm something greater. What was it in your mind and to believe in yourself? Mm. Well, I knew I was smart also because I did well in school, at least book smart, mm-hmm. right? And that was actually a form of numbing. That was a healthy version of that because mm-hmm. I threw myself into my study. So I graduated with honors and I um, went to college and... There, I just knew I wanted to do better and I got to do better. I wanted to have a good life and I knew I had to work really hard and I was a hard worker. So I Mm -hmm. did it for myself. And the steps I took led me to LA and LA broadened my horizons. And I'd actually had to hit rock bottom, honestly, to then realize that I deserved so much better. I didn't just deserve on the outside looking in, like in my 20s, I looked like I had the best life ever. Like it was very glamorous to some living in LA, fancy dinners, vacations and all the Mm -hmm. things. But I was really um, not okay. Mentally, I wasn't okay in my body, mind, and soul. So bad relationships led me, my worst relationship led me to getting to that place. Like I had a bathroom floor moment, which is a term that Elizabeth Gilbert coined, Mm -hmm. where you're literally on the bathroom floor, just crying your eyes out and Mm -hmm. a voice or some, or feeling or a thing comes through and you're like, oh no, I I get to change my life. I have to change my life. There's no Mm -hmm. going back and that's it. And that's what happened. 
I had a bathroom floor moment. I write about it in my memoir as well. Mm. But those mm-hmm. are like, that's the magical moment. The aha of, I'm at rock bottom mm-hmm. right here, right now. Mm-hmm. I am going to die. Yeah. So I'm how, dying. Dying. Yeah. Right? yeah. How do I shift that? Mm-hmm. And it's the strength, the power within you to be like, I'm a fucking shit show. Yeah. How do I turn this around? Because having that aha bathroom floor moment of, I know I am greater than this. Mm-hmm. I was brought to this earth. Who is it that says yeah. like, out of like 4 billion chances of us even being born, mm-hmm. we're here. Mm-hmm. And so there's a reason why you're here. Yes. Exactly. So realize <laughs> that even just you being born is a miracle mm-hmm. of, out of four billion chances of being a miracle to be here. Yeah. Take that in. Breathe mm-hmm. that in for a moment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for everyone listening, it's like, remember, like you're special and you deserve all of the beauty in this lifetime that you want for yourself. And I think for me at that moment, that bathroom floor moment coming out of that or crawling out of that, right? <laughs> it didn't look glamorous. It didn't look beautiful. It wasn't easy. It was messy, but there was a knowing that I I got to I, I got to change everything and just mm-hmm. taking little steps. So like what makes you feel more alive or feel good even for a moment? And for me, that was that was the yoga. And then it was books. Like I knew, I love to read, but before it was always about like fiction and fun books to kind of just have some fun, right? But for me there, I was like, I knew I, I had to do some self-improvement here. <laughs> yeah. And back to like the chances of us even being here, going back to the angel babies. Yeah. You're not an angel baby. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, you're yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're one of the rares. This cacao's really getting to me. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. I'm like, wait a second. When do you start writing on it? You'll be like, whoa, like, where wow, did this come from? My mind is just expanding. <laughs> I love that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, all right. So, Christine, any last thoughts? Mm. I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you for having me and for sharing. Yeah, my story and a little bit of my magic. I hope this, yeah, inspires others to connect with their hearts or inner child or their ancestral plant. So many little things. And yeah, I would love to offer that I have a couple free gifts I'd love to give to people. Um, If you'd like to learn how to create your own ceremony, I have a free guide um, so that you can do that on their own, create their own ritual, their own ceremony, and five different recipes, which is fun. And you can find that on my website, which is www.imchristineolivia.com. We'll put all that. Gifts. We'll put all that in the show notes. Perfect. Too. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone yeah. listening. Always, I feel like there's going to be a lot of questions around this. So always <laughs> message us at the big silence. And much gratitude. I'm going to go sit over here and cheers Bobby with some cacao. My oh, he's all, he's all done with his cacao. <laughs> he's got, so wait, do you have any questions? Is your mind open? I'm doing great. 
that <laughs> 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 I do want to say, actually, I will add that ceremonial cacao is is made different than yeah. other paste or powders or things like this. It's made with intention. It's made by the Mayan Kicha and the Kicha cow women that make it with intention, thoughtfulness, prayers, blessings. So it's already like vibrating at a different frequency. And then you're having it in such a pure form because it's simply fermented, lightly roasted, and then hand, the husk are hand peeled and then stone grinded into a block paste. That's how you get the cacao paste. So it's really special thought you might like to know. <laughs> We're going to make another batch of this tonight when we watch Yellowstone. <laughs> All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like subscribe and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found i love you and i will see you next wednesday one two three sing it here's to radical self-love the type of love that will defeat anxiety the type of love that defeats depression this is the one life this is the moment this is the time to dig in to be who you already are the big silence, breathe in, breathe out.